You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. We're coming at you live on your podcast device, unedited, uncensored. That's right. It's just the Fantasy Joes. You, you, you get us our, our cold, nasally voices and all. I am Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian on Twitter. Joining us from North Carolina, we've got the one and only Trey Barrett. Trey, how are you this evening? Doing pretty well, man. I'm just, I'm just happy that my shoes are all uh, together. None of, none of my shoes have exploded in the last 24 hours. Can't say the same thing for everybody in the, this fine state. But, uh, you know, happy to uh, rejoin you guys and, and talk a little football tonight, talk a little nonsense. You know, we have no agenda. It's, uh, you know, going to just – who knows where the show's going to go. It's a little scary, but also mostly exciting. Well, so much for getting Nike as a new sponsor. <laughs> Joining us from the home <laughs> office <laughs> in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He's, he's dug himself out from, what, three, four feet of uh, snow the other day. It's Wolverine. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm more athletic than Zion Williamson, but I blew up through like four or six pairs of Nikes when I was shoveling. <laughs> so, you know, those Paul George shoes, get them out of my house. I do think – so we're, everybody's in for a treat tonight. So our fearless leader, Ryan Livergood, has a sinus infection. And uh, he's, the, he's the guy who usually dictates Trey and I's ramblings and, and kind of cuts us off when we're going. And I just – uh, I, think, I think we're going to get some opportunities, at least for myself, too, to just not be stopped. So I have some opinions I'm going to share tonight, and they might go on for a little bit. Watch out for some Jarvis Landry passing statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Greenwood Analytics special tonight, folks. Yeah. No, I, first I thought that was a compliment. I'm like, I'm the fearless leader. And, and then I realized it's like actually a backhanded compliment because it's like, because Ryan will cut us off during the show. So I'm not the fearless leader. I'm the, I'm the a-hole that, that stops you guys from talking to keep the show on time. That's what I am. No, Ryan, you, keep the, every, <laughs> you are the center cog of this, of, of this uh, whatever, whatever mechanism we're running. Uh, and... We can tell if you're science and infection. There's like a moment of the, you're the, the pickup time is like an extra moment of silence. And so, you know, just, it, it's, uh, it's fun. Thank you. I love you guys too. All right. Let's. <laughs> I, mean, I do. I do love you guys too. I do. Um, and I blame Trey. <laughs> let's, let's talk, let's talk some fantasy guys. Let's, let's get into some, some dynasty football, shall we? It's, it's so amazing to me how guys, the, you know, the youth, right? Like the Baker Mayfield is, uh, you know, going for $70 in an auction versus, you know, the Philip Rivers is going for 36 And you're just kind of like, I mean, all Philip Rivers has done. And, and I get that Baker Mayfield looks to have a really, really bright future. But, I mean, so did Jameis Winston and, and Marcus Mariota a few years ago. So did Carson Wentz just, you know. 12 months ago and so I I just think things change so quickly and and we are um 
you know, really, really quick to overhype scenarios. And so I think it could be fun to have a show this offseason where we kind of talk about wading through some of that and, and being cautious on some of those things and, you know, what that looks like at, at each of the different positions. Um, and I, I think it could be, you know, good to have that kind of conversation maybe right around the time of the rookie draft because that's when the, the rookie hype is at its peak and the hatred of veterans, you know, guys like Alshon, guys like T.Y. Hilton, you know, guys like Doug Baldwin, <coughs> I think are, are going to be, you know, viewed as just not – I mean, it's in season when those guys are really valued because you see that they're putting up more points than Corey Davis. Yeah, at this time of the year, it's like try to go buy Corey Davis with Alshon and someone's going to want like the 101 on top, right? So, I mean, I, I think that it's – could be a could be a fun conversation to have somewhere around the the rookie draft season. Which which brings up a point that I think is interesting is remember our conversation about Carson Wentz and him versus like Aaron him versus Aaron Rodgers and they were looking at what he's done and you know I was kind of like looking at it and I was like well I, I don't know I might shy towards Wentz because he's you know he's had such a good a good year you know his he has upside his production before he tore that ACL was just so high I mean the we've lost, I think we've lost a little bit of scope with somebody like, I know, I know Patrick Mahomes threw more touchdowns. It was a lot better and one MVP, but Carson Wentz was right there before he got hurt. And he, you know, he, he might as well have uh, been slated in for that MVP if he played those last three games uh, with the Eagles and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So you, but you lost that narrative. I feel like you lost your young star, your young stud just in the media and in, in your attention. And uh, he, he really, I mean, he really went backwards as far as, fantasy value uh, this past year. And I'm not saying Mahomes is going to do the same thing, but let's uh, maybe we take a relax on this new landscape of NFL offenses and quarterbacks. And I was thinking about that Mahomes in the like 103, 104, even 102 of a super flex startup and starting to really hesitate that I'd actually really want to do that. Uh, yeah, just, no, I don't. I, I mean, I think it, that's a valid question. I mean, you know, he, he just put up a historic season and has really, really great weapons. But, I mean, is, is there a chance that in 12 months that, I mean, you know, barring injury, uh, you know, that he's not got that value? I mean, I've heard, I've heard some people suggest that now's the time to sell him in a super flex league because he's at peak value, right? I mean, it's kind of like you – his value can ne never get really higher. If you're, you know, taking someone in the top three picks of a startup draft, his value is never going to be higher. So, you know, if you can, if you can trade out of that and get a bunch of picks, you know, I mean, it's the same, same mindset when, a, you know, a couple off seasons ago when I was a proponent of selling David Johnson and Mike Evans, um, you know, it's not that the players aren't good, but I mean, they, they, what, they, they can't really do anything for the value to go any higher. Even Saquon. I mean, I know that that's sacrilegious to even suggest right now because Saquon is like, the perfect prospect he's the you know no-brainer 101 but so, you know wasn't Todd Gurley 18 months ago and and now he's I, I mean I things just change so much and I mean you know heaven heaven forbid Saquon Barkley tears ACL next year and all of a sudden he's not worth you know nearly what yeah. he is right now and, so and, and do we not do we not see Patrick Holmes get figured out a little bit by, by the Patriots in the playoffs and I know that's a uh we're reaching, I'm reaching here for an example, and that is a reach, but his first year starting shocked the league with how good he was. 
you see this quarterbacks flash uh, when they can surprise people with how good they are in certain areas. And then defensive coordinators can figure them out at least a little bit. I mean, and you know, hopefully, I mean, I only wish the best for him, but I mean, if you're, if you're talking about, if I could give it a super flex league, if I can package my homes with even something little to get like Saquon, sign me up. This begs the question, should I look at moving both of them in league of ballers? Since I or in dynasty dreamers, Trey, we're, we are so rich. Hey, hey, Ryan, do you, in any leagues, do you have both Saquon and Patrick Mahomes? Negative. No, oh, that's too bad, man. You're missing out. It's awesome. <laughs> it's not great. Anyway, uh, that's that's the the quarterback conundrum. I feel like is the I if do you think like what what odds do you think Vegas even puts on like Mahomes throwing forty five plus touchdowns next year? Do you know it? Or are you just speculating? I, I don't know. So, I mean, I doubt that Vegas set, set the over under like 45. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going somewhere with it. I do have a league where I have Mahomes and Todd Gurley, but that's not quite as sexy as it was um, maybe four months ago. No, I mean, the backup, the, the backup running back for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think when I, you know, if I had Saquon or Mahomes in Superflex League, it would be very hard for me to sell them. That said, it does have to concern you. And if you're a Saquon Barkley owner, you might want to, you know, you, you, it probably is in your head sometimes. Like, you know, he's just one play away from not being worth what he is and if he does get injured. So you think about the haul you could get for him and, and you have to think about it. it. It probably depends on what your team is. I mean, I think if you're kind of like a, you know, obviously if you're like a solid contender and you've got Saquon, well, then you're not going to move him. But if you're, you know, kind of a team that needs the extra juice, you know, why not? Because you can get such a haul for him. I mean, you can name your price, I think, with Saquon Barkley, right? If you tell your league, you know, Saquon Barkley's for sale, you're going to get a serious package for him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at least maybe it's worth shopping just to see what you can get. And, and knowing that, like you tell everyone, you've got to seriously overpay. Yeah, why not? I mean, what you have nothing to lose. At the end of the day, you can say no. Yeah. Well, and again, you you have to remind yourself it's just a game, right? So, I mean, if, you know, if you could sell Saquon Barkley, let's say he's worth, you know, in a trade calculator, let's say he's worth 65 points, right? He's the pinnacle. And you can get a package that's a total of like 100 points, you know, on the other side. And it's not like 10 different players that are all worth 10. I mean, I mean you know, let's say you can get like two you know, top 30 assets and a 2021st that you expect to be, you know, a non-playoff first. And then you get another player who's like maybe top 80. I mean, you know, that, that's got to be super tempting. I mean, I, I, I just think that probably the, the, the riskiest thing is if, if you were to trade Saquon and, and the bulk of your, what you get in return, I think for me would have to be elite veterans like I don't want the bulk of it to be rookie picks I don't want to trade Saquon for the 102 101 102 103 in 2019 and the 101 and 102 in 2020 like you know what I'm saying like I would not want those five draft picks for Saquon because there's just they carry so much more risk so I've I've been trying to move uh Zeke Elliott plus something for Saquon in a league and uh the recent the and by trying I mean we just tried to open the conversation up. Sounds like it can happen. At least the conversation can happen. And I offered T. Y. Hilton and Zeke Elliott for Saquon. 
pretty far off. I, I say so. Um, the thing with Zeke, you guys know how I feel about Zeke. I, I think he's, I know he's number three ADP, February ADP, but I, I see him as a risk. I see him as a character risk. I see him as he could do something stupid tonight and get, you know, suspended for eight games. So, uh, so Zeke, I kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he's overvalued just for that reason. I, I mean, yes, he's uh, one of the few bell cows in the NFL and maybe that's just me being risk averse, but I don't know. I, I, I would want more than, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't think what a younger wide receiver, you know, maybe Zeke and I don't know, uh, Diggs. you know, that, that maybe you're now you're starting to speak my language, but no, that's not enough for me. What Trey, what about you? No, I, I agree. I don't agree about Zeke. I've, I've kind of come a long way on Ezekiel Elliott. And I do think that he is one of those guys that's kind of a, a pinnacle cornerstone. I, I think that he, you, you have to hope you never know. I mean, you know, just like you said, he, he's, he, you know, one, one arrest away or whatever, but just kind of like we said with Saquon, I mean, he's one, you know, ACL away. And, you know, if, if you want to, I mean, the likelihood of one versus the other, you could argue till you're blue in the face, but I, I think that you're right. It would have to be something more along the lines of Zeke and, and Diggs. But for me, that doesn't move the needle as much. It, for me, it would have to be like multiple pieces. And and trading Saquon to get Zeke and Diggs is probably not, you know, it's like Zeke's right there with him. So you're not going to get nearly. I don't know that, man, that's an interesting, I, I don't know that I'd pay Zeke and Diggs for Saquon. Because for me next season, the difference between Zeke and Saquon is probably not multiple points a game average, right? I mean, I, I think that Zeke has a very similar ceiling to Saquon and a very similar floor. So, you know, I, man, I mean, Diggs just put up a wider, you guys know, I like Diggs. And I think that the best is maybe, maybe we haven't even seen the best from him. So, you know, coming off a wide receiver, top 12 wide receiver finish. I mean, I think in a vacuum, if I were starting a team, and, and, you know, you were to tell me you can either have the 101 and take Saquon or you can trade the 101 and get – be guaranteed Zeke and Diggs. I think I would take Zeke and Diggs. I think I would prefer to start my team that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, just thinking about it too, maybe, maybe Zeke is uh, a, a little bit low in, in this scenario of the sense of he only had six rushing touchdowns. So his rookie year, he throws up 15 rushing touchdowns and wins the rushing title. Zeke is going off the charts. You know, he's, he's incredible. He gets suspended. He plays 10 games. He put up more rushing touchdowns in those 10 games than he did uh, this year. And the, the Cowboys were worse last year. I mean, they, granted, they didn't have Zeke for that time. But, uh, he, yeah. But uh, to, to me, I think, I think Saquon could still be otherworldly when it comes to his – like, that offense could still get a lot better in New York. I feel like a lot faster than the, the Cowboys could. I like that. I mean, that's what I think too. That's why I like Saquon. Uh, well, n not only the character concerns with Zeke, but the fact that I feel like we're just scratching the surface of what Saquon Barkley can be. And maybe that's naive. And, and I, I don't know, maybe we're overplaying where Saquon can go, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The offense line gets better. They get a better quarterback. Um, man, you know, we could, we, we could have just, just, just seen the, the floor. Are you talking about the Cowboys or the Giants? Giants. I'm talking about the Giants. I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but what if there. they don't? What if what if they what if they trade Odell Beckham and now all of a sudden their wide receiver one is Sterling Shepard and they draft Wayne Haskins and he's not a good quarterback. And now you're looking at a team who has 
Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard as their best receiving weapons. And, you know, they spend all this draft capital, get Dwayne Haskins, and their offensive line's still mediocre. And all of a sudden, the team's just a crap storm. And, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen. That's no fun to talk about that scenario, Trey. Come on. But, but I think that's more likely than all of a sudden them becoming this dynamic offense. You know, I, I think that, you know, that organization right now is a disaster. And the way they're handling Odell Beckham is a disaster. And so I think that it's not, un, you know, I mean, it's not unreasonable for, for that offense to be uh, a dumpster fire. And, I, you know, everybody thinks, oh, it can't, it can't get any worse, you know, with, if Eli's his quarterback and, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, the, the guy, I don't remember how many targets he had, but the guy was peppered with targets. I mean, he was a, he was a volume play. Um, yeah. and, and they could decide, you know, let, let's say there's injury scare. They could be like, oh, you know, we're overusing Saquon. We need to, we need to, you know, I don't know who's, who's his backup's going to be. Wayne, Wayne Gallman. We got to get him more into the mix. So you're right. I mean, that, that's possibly too. Maybe they decide they're using him too much. They're worried he's going to break down. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that there are going to be, I'm just saying that the, you know, again, we talked about this last off season, right? The narratives and sometimes those narratives are, are not, you know, kind of what we, it's easy for us to buy into, oh, the Giants are on the cusp of becoming a great offense. And then you're, you take one step back and think about all, what it takes for that to go wrong. And it's not much. I mean, um, so I, I think it's, it's interesting. We should have, we should have a topic, you know, an upcoming show. What, what would it take for us to sell Saquon? Might be kind of fun. Or what would we give to buy Saquon on the flip side? Hmm. Yeah. He's an extra Trent Richardson. I'm out. <laughs> I found two games where they had similar stats. So oh, there you correlation go. equals causation. Yeah. <laughs> It does. Billy the Kid, what do you think? You like it? <laughs> the silence speaks volumes. With what? Oh, I'm here now. Billy the Kid, a new nickname for you. Oh, howdy, folks. I got some more <laughs> to talk for you. <laughs> we talk about one Jay Hurd. He's got these hands. He's going to next week. <laughs> people love the rookie talk we haven't talked about rookies um but i i'll, I'll be honest since this is just an uncut episode i'm kind of burned out of the rookie talk and i'm ready for the combine for something to happen so we can kind of shift the conversation a little bit and it's soon you know it's um when this recording comes out it'll be like three or four days after so we're almost there we've almost survived the initial rookie conversations I don't I, you know, know what I don't what, know if we have. well one of the reasons i'm glad is that you know the the early you know takeaway narrative is that this rookie class is awful and it's not gonna be like the last two and now that the comment's gonna happen that narrative will change a little bit right because there'll be some guys that are gonna blow it up you know maybe dk metcalf people are gonna double count what he does because we know he's gonna be a stud and, and perform wonderfully and all of a sudden, DK Metcalf will be the the one hundred and one, and 
oh, these running backs look better than we thought. And that guy ran a, a 4-2. And, um, and, oh, my gosh, it's going to be amazing. So I, I'm looking forward to the hype kind of building again because it's all over the board right now, and, and no one's really that excited about these rookie picks. So that might change after the combine. I'm excited about these rookie picks. Uh, and this class would be super fun. You're always excited about the rookie picks, Will. But why not? You know what you love about undrafted free agents, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Trey, you Watley had a, a monster catch in the AAF. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I thought I saw – you know, I was watching one of the games the other day, and I said, they said Wadley, and, and I heard in the background because I was, like, multitasking – because I can only watch so much AAF before I fall asleep because, you know, when I'm paying attention, inevitably there's an offensive line breakdown. The quarterback holds the ball too long. It's a sack. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. You don't like to see Steve Spurrier rejuvenate his coaching career. <laughs> That's why they probably went into debt is they paid him too much money. <laughs> no, I, I just, the problem, you know, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, it was just Trey and I talked about this the other day. The problem is that, I mean, I think at a, a core level, I mean, when, when I watch the game, the, the biggest flaws I see are the, are the quarterback play and the offensive line play because, you know, any defense can look good when they're going up against a horrible offensive line and you add to the fact that the quarterbacks aren't the best in the world. It, there's just too many bad plays, too many, too many sacks. Uh, I don't know. I, I like the pace of the game, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it'll get better. It's early, but. You're not signing up to watch the AAF as – for a defensive showdown, you know, and they're only allowed to blitz like five people. It's like the, it's near. No, that's right. Level. That's right. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. you don't want to watch like the you don't want to watch a 12-9 game in the AAF. <laughs> I want to watch that. Like watch arena football. Like let, let's let's see some things get like thrown off walls and stuff. That's right. That's right. Go watch slam ball highlights. <laughs> yeah. So it, it'll it should get better, right? Trey, have you been watching AAF? Yeah, I did. I watched a little bit and, um, you know, I, I, I tend, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. I, I will agree with you, Ryan, and that the, the quality of the product was not anything I could get super excited about. I think that it's got two things going for it. One, it's football. And, you know, the fact that the season starts right after the NFL season ends, it, it's, it's There are going to be people that are willing to give it a chance um, and, and two, it appears like they are really, you know, paying. I, I think that we're going to see guy, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, um, Ryan, in that, you know, right now, most of the guys I think that, that are coming into this league, guys like Trent Richardson, right? like what's he been doing the last couple of years, right? Like, has he really been staying in peak football shape? And, and so I think moving forward, we're going to start seeing guys that, don't get a crack at the NFL, a shot at the NFL, but are coming right out of college. They're going to just go right into the AAF. So I think that there's a good possibility. Plus, I do think that there, you're going to see some names that, you know, some of the names that are, are you know, big in the college game. You know, I, I think about a guy like Tim Tebow. You know, when Tim Tebow didn't do well in the NFL, would, would he have given the AAF a shot? And had he given the AAF a shot, one, he might have caught on, and, and two, the cult following – of a guy like Tebow from the college days at, at UF and, and seeing what he did in, in the college game might have translated and really kind of garnered a lot of attention for that team. So instead of that, you know, these guys are just kind of being picked off the street. So I think with two or three years of, 
you know, continuing to improve the product and, and you know, the, the teams to have an opportunity to recruit and, and develop their town a little bit. I think we could see an improvement and, and end up seeing a decent product. I also think that the XFL coming along next offseason is going to be really beneficial because now you've got two, two leagues that are going to be competing against each other. And I think competition, you know, breeds excellence. And so I, I, at least that's my hope. So I'm staying optimistic. I'm, I'm not ready to, to stick the fork in the AAF quite yet. I mean, the XFL did super great the first time around, but the, uh, I think that I, I wonder if they'll change the seasonality of it. And I would love to see a, a competitor turn to the NFL at least a little bit so the NFL has to change its ways and that owners just can't be these monopolies uh, as teams and they can't just dominate and hold all the cards. I would like to see players have other options. Like the, you know, listening to it, one of the reasons that you can come out of college after three years instead of four years is because the, what was it, the American football, the, the, the UFL back in the day, they allowed players to come out after three years. So the NFL had to adopt because they were losing players to there. Uh, and I would like to see that, that be pushed. Like why, why, why do people need to be two years after high school before they go pro? Why can't they start getting paid? I would like to see the leagues develop in that way too, where these guys can still showcase their talents outside of just the traditional NFL monopoly. And that, I'm very excited for, for that if it can happen. And I don't know if this is the, the, the kickoff of it, but the, the crowds are bigger in the stands. They're at least louder. I mean, that San Antonio crowd, they, they have, it's, nice, it's nice enough outside to still go outside and want to watch some football. They, they seem pretty, like, jazzed into the game. The seats are cheap. You go to the, you know, to the nice stadium, you know, you still get the same, like, ballpark hot dogs. You know, let's, let's make an experience. Let's make it the minor leagues of baseball. Yeah, they just got to survive. And, you know, you guys heard the report where they needed the bailout just to stay afloat after one week where they needed the um, – who was it? It was the Carolina Hurricanes majority owner, Tom Dundon, had to – a pitch in $250 million so they can make payroll after the first week. Did you guys see this? Well, I'm curious about the, uh, the, the evidence of that, of why it was necessary. $250 million seems like a very, very large number. And maybe they wrote it off this way. And maybe he's investing, investing in it earlier. I just don't think a, two, a $250 million bailout uh, two weeks into the season would, wouldn't really – I don't think any smart person with their money would do that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, uh, Darren Ravel also reported it. So it, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, I, I do think though, it's going to be interesting to see if the league can make it just because so many things have to go right and the products have to get better. I, you know, the, the salaries for these guys, they have these three year quarter million dollar deals. And if you're going to get some, like if you're going to get Tim Tebow to come into the league after he didn't make it in the NFL, or you're going to get a Colin Kaepernick or even a guy like, you know, Jake Cutler, you know, you want to get some, some quote, star power, unquote, in the league, you're going to have to pay those guys more than, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I certainly hope it makes it. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. I like the, the flow of the game, the, you know, the, the pace of the game, the, you know, the commercial breaks are kind of short and, you know, it, it moves quickly. So, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's got an uphill climb, see if it can make it. We just have to keep supporting it, talking about it, right? We're helping the AAF by talking about it on the Fantasy Joe's podcast, the <laughs> premier dynasty podcast in all of the land. Oh, I, you guys are speechless. Oh, well. I mean, it's, I was just ready for it. I mean, I, was, I thought somebody else was going to continue. 
<laughs> All right. Well, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, the, the super Fle- the uh, super flex dynasty podcast, right? The league. Two yeah. Three sure. quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. Yeah. The quad flex dynasty quad flex show. I would be the- it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Trey, you missed our conversation about the combine last week. What are your thoughts? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Have you given any thought to it, or you're just kind of going into it open-minded? Yeah, I'm going into it open-minded. You know, I think that it's going to be interesting to watch some of these guys get out there. And and I think more than anything, it's it's the first opportunity to really start to to see the rookie – uh, draft class kind of takes shape, right? I mean, you know, we, we've all heard the names at the top. We've all heard the the wide receivers and the, the, the couple running backs, the couple quarterbacks. So, you know, more than anything for me, I'm interested in, I, I don't pretend to have strong opinions about these rookies. Most of what I'm going to do in my rookie drafts uh, coming up this offseason are going to be based on really smart people that spend hours and hours, hundreds of hours um, studying film. And, and have done, you know, guys like Matt Waldman who are going to put out a, a rookie scouting portfolio that's going to have hundreds of hours of time invested into it. So for, for me, more than anything, it's just going to be fun to kind of watch and, and see uh, draft Twitter just overreacting. I, I do think it's going to be interesting. Guys like DK Metcalf, they're, they're going to get that, what, what everybody refers to as the, like, you know, combine bump. I mean, he, he's basically being considered where he's, where he's being valued among the rookies because of his elite athleticism. So what's going to happen is he's going to go to the combine and blow it up, which everybody and their brother should be expecting. Um, But then, you know, Twitter is just going to be beside themselves with excitement over his, you know, 40 time and his three cone. And and then there's going to be someone like Dalvin Cook, a la Dalvin Cook a couple years ago with his, you know, 12 second three cone drill that everybody's going to be freaking out about and, you know, dropping him precipitously in, in overreaction. So, I mean, if you run that slow of a three cone, you're guaranteed to tear your ACL in your rookie year. That's all I know. Yeah, man. I mean, the it's correlations one to one. That's right. <laughs> so I, man, I, I don't know. I I'm like you, Ryan, I'm a little over all the rookie talk because I think that most of the rookie talk right now by the majority of people is pretty um, premature and um, not well supported. Let's get the combine, and then more importantly, let's get the NFL draft out of the way. Then we can really talk rookies because, you know, Equinemius St. Brown is a perfect example, right? I mean, everybody was, was, you know, taking this guy early on in mocks in the second round, and then he fell to, what, the seventh round of the NFL draft? And, and so, you know, it does not matter what I think about rookies. It matters what NFL teams think about these rookies. So I'll, I'll, I will not watch any of the combine. I will, you know, probably uh, check in on how guys measured up in the, you know, week following. Um, but I, I'm mostly interested to see what shakes out some of the buzz coming from the combine, from the interviews and whatnot. And, you know, some of the, some of the people in the draft world will be there rubbing shoulders with, with team representatives and get some quotes. So I think we'll start to see a little better idea of, of where guys are going to go in the actual draft that'll kind of shake out from the combine. That's always interesting to kind of see, especially with the quarterbacks, right? I think 
you know, we're playing a lot of super flex leagues. I'm excited to see how the quarterbacks perform and, and where they end up. Hey guys, who's this year's John Kelly. Who's a guy that's getting a lot of hype right now that when we go through the process after the draft, they'll be drafted in like the you know, day three. I mean, he was drafted in the sixth round and I remember people were so high on him. It's like, I'm still going to take him late in rookie drafts and they did. And when Gurley got hurt, it's like, okay, this is where John Kelly's going to step up. And then they brought in CJ Anderson and John Kelly never get any runs. So I guess he could still theoretically emerge. I, I, you know, maybe I'll sound stupid if, you know, listening back in six months after he's, you know, gotten his opportunity and blown up the league, but um, it, it never happened. He got a lot of hype. So who is a guy like John Kelly? I mean, if you had to predict just, just for fun, what do you guys think? Will, you got Josh, any thoughts, Trey? Josh Jacobs. I, I, I predict that he's going to go in a little later in day two than most people. You know, there, there's the hype that he's going to be a top ten pick. I don't think it happens. I don't think it goes in round one. I think he ends up going a little later in round two. And I wouldn't be surprised, right? There's someone every year where they get drafted behind a superstar, right? And that, that was kind of John Kelly too, right? I mean, you know, he, he went to Cincinnati. Um, uh, no, he didn't. He went to LA, but, but Mark Walton, that was another name, right? And Mark Walton goes to Cincinnati behind Mixon. So, you know, watch the Browns take Josh Jacobs in like the late (laughs) second round, early third round. And, uh, you know, everybody just loses their minds. That's, that's my pick. Will, what about you? You got, you got a John Coyce? Uh, I don't have one that high. I was thinking about, so let's, let's choose a guy who, doesn't have a big, like an overly massive production profile, but looks really, really good on tape. Um, I don't have a great, a great mix for that. I, I feel like the, uh, if I was going to write one down, like, like the, the what's it, Travion, uh, what's the last name? Williams out of Texas A&M. I can see him going a lot later than what people are expecting and those kind of draft picks and things like that. But John Kelly also tested super poorly, and I don't have any expectations on testing yet. I do have my riser. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this guy. I put him in the show notes. But Jalen Hurd out of Baylor. You guys know this guy? Have you heard of this guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know Jalen Hurd. He has always been a Baylor. He was at Tennessee before that. Played uh, ahead of Alvin Kamara. Classic Tennessee player. So here's my Alvin Kamara. Not really. But – uh. Uh, Jalen Hurd, what I, I didn't realize he was six foot four, and actually measured at six foot four at the Senior Bowl. So there's no, there's going to be no surprises when he goes into the combine uh, for at least height and weight. So that's already been tested out, things like that. But he crushed it at Tennessee, and I read into his story a little bit. And he left Tennessee because he got a concussion, and he wanted to convert to receiver because one, there's no six four running backs in the NFL that are going to be pros for a long time, uh, and, and they were like, no. We're going to keep you at running back. So he's like, okay, I'm leaving. And he went and yards from scrimmage on the offense. He led that offense in the only year he played at Baylor. And they were very good overall. I know it's the Big 12 and things like that. But I do think when you're that talented and you're coming out of nowhere and are able to do that, I'm just very interested what Jalen Hurd's going to do. So I'm very excited. Uh, Lance Zerlang from NFL.com uh, you know, wrote, wrote about him. And I think you should go read those kind of things. But the, the only thing that I really took away from that was – he felt like his best days were in front of him. And I, I don't disagree. I remember when Jalen Hurd was a freshman, and it's, gonna, it's an Iowa reference because when he was a true freshman, he ripped up Iowa in their bowl game. 
and Middleslip just it just embarrassed us. And I didn't realize at the time that he was six four, and now has big hands and is learning to become this receiver. And I know Baylor's you're not you're not gonna be covered as heavily. You have to run every route as hard as you ever thought. You know this isn't the same kind of school as you're going to if you're, if you're like an Alabama receiver. But I I think uh you know I I think there's a there's a chance there. He's gonna be a guy I'm gonna try to scoop up with those fourth round graphics that I have, or if it falls off, we have a taxi squad and you can just scoop up in free agency. I'm pretty excited to see what he does. Yeah, I think he's a guy whose value is going to be really dependent on where he lands and, and a, a team's ability to use him well. I, I don't think that he's going to he, – he doesn't really have a great profile as far as being an NFL wide receiver. I think some of the things you want to see most among NFL wide receivers, he lacks as far as, uh, you know um, – route running and separation. And so I think that he does have, you know, some running after the catch ability. So I think for a team that's willing to get him and, you know, use him, you know, kind of like picture like how the uh, Patriots use Cordell Patterson in, in a limited capacity, but, you know, kind of use him all over, you know, where he gets some sweeps and, and get some, you know, bubble screens, you know, a creative offense that's going to give him, you know, just get the ball in his hands a few times a game. And, and I think that's where he could really succeed. So he, he is a guy that I think will be fun to watch where he ends up, where he lands, um, and, and also where he goes. And, I, you know, I could see him being, um, you know, going maybe like fourth, fifth round. But landing spot for him is going to be huge, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, just a fun guy to pay attention to. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, I'm not going to like – I'm not planting a flag on him, but uh, I kind of forgot about him. He's he's like the he's he's like he's like the the old guy that's been in college for like six years, owns the house, and is running the frat because he's just been around forever. He has been around forever, that's for sure. Hey, hey, Will, who's your one hundred and one right now? Your rookie one hundred and one. Do you have one? No, a lot for me depends on uh, landing spot. If I was gonna, if I had to choose right now, I'd go. I'd most likely go Nikhil Harry. We've talked about it, and I've talked about David Montgomery, and, and maybe I'd go there if I needed, like, if I needed a running back. But uh, I, I think Nikhil here is going to test better than what people are saying, and I think he's the he's everything you want in a prospect profile. And those kind of guys who are drafted in the first round, because I'm guessing when this all shakes out, he goes in the first round. They typically pan out really well. I like it. The solid pick, Trey. You got a one on one right now. Trey's on mute. Sorry. No problem. Um, never, never done that before. No. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't really have one. I, I mean, there's a lot of guys that could end up there. Um, it, you know, uh, gun to my head, forced to to take someone. It would probably be AJ Brown for me, um, and, and that's a little bit more of a safe pick. But you know, I think I, I'll be honest too. Like the, the Hakeem Butler, the wide receiver out of Iowa State. I know, you know, one is probably a little crazy, but, you know, he, he's the guy that I think could end up shocking people a little bit about where, as far as where he's taken in the draft and, and end up being, um, I, I have heard whispers that Hakeem Butler is going to be Matt Waldman's Nick Chubb this year. Um, and so I, you know, I'm very well connected in the, uh, among the, the draft Nick community. So I, I think that, man, there's so many guys that are at, in, in play there, right? I mean, 
the, the if the Kansas City Chiefs spend a second round pick on a running back, then he's the one hundred one. So, uh, man, just all all up in the air. AJ Brown would probably be my if I were forced to make a pick today. No, Although, I, in Superflex, man, I think I'm, I'm I might take a quarterback one hundred one. I know that might seem a little crazy, might seem a little hot takey, but I'm 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 inching closer and closer to thinking that a quarterback could be a one hundred one this year in Superflex. Might be the year to do it, um, if there's ever been a year with this quote down class, unquote. I, I like A.J. Brown. Uh, I, Kelvin Harmon is kind of interesting as a 101, but I think the, obviously the right answer is we don't know. <laughs> it's too early to tell. Let's see the combine and see what happens in the draft. It could be half a dozen guys. It could be a dozen guys at this point. We'll find out. All right. What's that? You're like cutting out hard. Well, I'm 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 recording locally, so no one else heard it cut out other than than you and Trey. Oh, sorry. I just said there was like there's like a half dozen guys that could be the one. Oh, sorry, I just yeah. I just fell asleep during your one on one take. My bad. Wah, wah. It could be anybody. No, actually, I'm just making up. No, no offense. How about that, Hawk? Let's go, Hawks. Yeah, could be. Tight end premium league. Do you take one of those guys with the one with the one hundred one? Absolutely. No, every time. <laughs> Why would you not? They're, they could be the next Eric Ebron. Uh, be. Uh, it's funny. So I was thinking about uh, I was, was going to look into this a little bit heavier, but a, a guy like Tyler Boyd. So I remember reading a four for four article. Ryan, we were in that dynasty league. That Tyler Boyd had the highest success percentage, like in his profile, his college production profile but when a guy like a Tyler Boyd it's it's hard because last year he was being benched he wasn't even starting he wasn't even dressing for games uh for the for the for the Bengals and I know that his production profile in college was so it, it like it was so strong that he was such a hard miss in the NFL and then this year he was like one of the biggest surprises we've seen in Dynasty for a long time. Dynasty's gotten so popular. I know people said they would grab Tyler Boyd. Nobody suspected him to be as high as he was. Do you guys have any uh, like a- a- any opinions about players coming this year? I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Leontay Carew moving forward because that Dolphins, like anybody who leaves the Dolphins and had a really, really good college production profile, I want to know where he goes and what he does. But uh, do you guys have any – He's like, Leonard Carew, I guess he'd be like a Tyler Boyd-esque break out a little bit later. I mean, obviously, in years, but. How about Corey Davis? I'm going to keep saying his name until one of these years he's going to hit. Again, Corey Davis for me. <laughs> Is that too obvious, too easy? Trey, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll come up with another one, but. Um... You know, a couple couple names that I like that are, are really cheap and I, I think are worth pursuing um, and you know, again, this is this is just my Browns fandom coming out. Um, but Rashad Higgins um, and Rashad Perriman both, I think, in, in what they did toward the end of the year there in Cleveland, I, I mean that that offense is obviously an up and coming offense. And you know, Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and and you know potentially Antonio Callaway, like nobody has cemented themselves as the go to in the passing game there. And, and so I think that, I mean, and those are guys that I think are just dirt cheap and, and guys that I think, 
you're going to potentially be able to get with like fourth round rookie picks, right. Or, or, or late third round rookie picks. If, if guys that you have kind of been targeting are already off the board, um, you know, the, those are guys I think that um, could be worth looking at, especially as we move into the off season and start to see kind of, you know, teams shaping up, see, see where, where guys are drafted. Obviously that goes out the window if the Browns spend a top, you know, top 90 pick in the NFL draft on a wide receiver, but. Yeah. I'm starting to hear some uh, Hollywood Higgins love Trey. And it's not the first time I've heard it, uh, that he's starting, people are starting to re- remember him and, um, you know, Harmon was really big on him with his reception perception. So it'll, it'll be interesting. He, he's definitely a guy you could get for cheap and, and, you know, why not take a flyer on him and, and see what happens. Um, I'm trying to think of another guy, Will, that I like other than um, the obvious Corey Davis. And I, I can't really come up with anybody right now. Um, do you, uh, are, are, we, so are we waiting for Corey Davis to be relieved of Marcus Mariota as his quarterback? Have we accepted Marcus Mariota as an okay fantasy quarterback with some upside a little bit, but not great for that wide receiving core? Are, are I mean, have, have we or have the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what we think. What, what do they think? So would you trade Corey Davis for Sony Michelle right now? Let's go full PPR Superflex, 12 team. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'd decide to look at where their values are, but just in terms of if their values are equal, which player do I want more? I still want Corey Davis. But, but Sonny Michelle probably has better value, doesn't he? I mean, I, I think in terms of ADP. But if I can, just, like, you have to take one or the other. I can say that's a resounding I – g- I give me Corey Davis all day, every day, over Sony Michelle. And, and it's not a difficult decision for me. Yeah, no, I mean, personally, I definitely want – I mean, and it looks like Sonny Michelle is uh, 33 overall, recent ADP. Corey Davis is 37, so they're right there. So I, I still want Corey Davis. I only want Sonny Michelle if I was going to make the deal to flip him because he has perceived higher value, but – um, it's interesting. Sonny Michelle, the 30, 33 player overall with ADP. Geis is at 31 overall. I mean, it, man, it's really interesting that those running backs are that highly valued. I mean, it's not so, a surprise based on what Sonny Michelle did in the playoffs, I guess. But Geis is such a question mark, isn't he? He's such, such, such a enigma, I guess you can say, because that Washington team, yeah, they'll have a good offensive line, but he's going to be their quarterback. Do they totally write off Adrian Peterson? Do they not invite him back? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there, Washington. Makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm still higher, like higher on Sony Michelle, because I, I think he can develop as a better NFL player. He played his whole collegiate career on a team that barely threw the ball, and when they did, it was when he was standing still and caught it and then ran. And you could see it. He was pretty. We talked about this early in the season, where Brady was throwing a pass to Michelle over the middle, and Michelle stopped, and the pass went by him because he was still running college routes and then he got hurt and then he got brought up to speed, but then the Pacers, so they don't have time for that during the season, especially during the playoffs, and especially with a guy like James White, like you have a, a pretty, you know, I don't want to say elite because I feel like it's giving James White a lot of credit, but, but basically elite, like receiving back and hit in James White, you don't, you can't wait for Sony Michelle to come along during the playoffs. And so I think he has some upside to have more catches next year. When he learns how to run NFL routes, that Georgia, what's funny is with, the, with like Jake Fromm and everybody, the, the, the quarterback prospects that are coming up, their pass game is very basic. It's, it's shocking to me. 
you're also saying Riley, Riley Ridley is going to come into the NFL and, and be this elite fantasy wide receiver? Uh, different running backs and wide receivers. But maybe. <laughs> I don't have a strong take on Riley Ridley yet. Uh, it's, it's fun because the film guys love Riley Ridley and then analytics guys are just like, he's, he sucks and there's no chance for him. So um, it, it would, he'd definitely be an outlier if he would come to the league with the production that he has. Was Calvin uh, Ridley's older brother? It's weird. I'm, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> right, let's get together. <laughs> Trey, uh, of the um, 2018 rookie running backs, which one surprises you most in terms of their value, where they're valued right now? Is it, is it Sony Michelle? Does it surprise you the most? Or, or not so much surprise, it surprises you, but you think they're overvalued. So Sony Michelle, 33 um, overall ADP. You, you, you clearly think that he's, he's overvalued and, and you would move him if you own him anywhere. Yes. Yeah. I, I do think he's a little bit overvalued. I, I also, and, and, and part of that is that um, it's just hard for me to value a running back in that range of the draft that doesn't consistently catch the ball. And I know that, you know, he can catch the ball. Um, and I know that uh, it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities that he adds that to his game. But you, you just don't see – I mean, the Patriots, I think, are a team – you know, James White is not going anywhere. Um, you regularly – I mean, it's – everybody, you know, talks about the Patriots running backs are frustrating to own. And so I don't – I love the player, um, and I love the draft capital that they spent on him. But I just think that his value is being pushed up really, really high. But to be honest, you know who the guy is that really uh, – would, would fit the definition of a 2018 running back that I feel like their value is just getting kind of out of control. It's Nick Chubb for me. And I love Nick Chubb. I think he's an incredible talent, you know, referenced earlier, you know, Matt Waldman, he, he, right. Matt Waldman had him over Saquon Barkley and, and um, in his rankings. And I think Nick Chubb's incredible, but I mean, in February ADP, he was the 201 13th player overall off the board. And again, very, very limited as far as catching the ball. This has nothing to do with fear over Kareem Hunt being in Cleveland. Uh, this has everything to do with me not wanting to invest that high of a draft pick in a running back that, I mean, you look at the guys at the top of the first round, um, Zeke Elliott, uh, David Johnson, when he was up there, Saquon Barkley, uh, Todd Gurley when he was there, Christian McCaffrey, what do they all have in common? They all catch a lot of footballs. They run the ball, but they all catch a lot of passes. And I just don't know. Um, again, it's not that I'm worried about Duke Johnson either. I, I just don't know that that's going to be Nick Chubb's game. And so I, I just love the player, love the talent, love that offense moving forward. Uh, but man, I, I just don't love where his ADP has gone. I mean, that's, that's, a little steep for me and i'm also not a hundred percent sure on this statistic but let's say like 95 percent. i think nick chubb his his biggest targets came from jarvis landry when he was throwing the ball down the field i like our our shaky statistics that's what we can call the show you know 
<laughs> Fancy Joe's no, 75. Target, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, well, Nick Chubb was targeted down the field, I think, twice, and they're both throws from Jarvis Landry. You can tell because he throws with his left hand, and it's weird. Uh, and it got referenced. I can't remember what podcast it was, but they're like, you know, Nick Chubb in this route. And he, remember when he caught that ball over the back of the guy? That was a Jarvis Landry throw. That wasn't a Baker Mayfield throw. That was a, that was a trick play. And uh, it's just, it's, uh, he, so he can, I mean, that catch was incredible. And hopefully that ability, ability can progress and he gets better. But uh, it's, uh, I'm just very, very curious to see how it's going to develop. But I, I am with, with you, Trey. And, and I guess I hadn't realized that his he was 13 overall with the, with his ADP. That That is very high for a guy that doesn't seem to be a guy that's going to profile as a, as a you know, uh, really a three-down back, a, a proficient pass catcher. So that, that, is, that is pretty high. And, and I think, you know, this, this was done. I think they were collecting this ADP. I, I think this, pro- this is probably during the Kareem Hunt announcement, right, to Cleveland. So I don't think that swayed it too much. And, and I think people have already, you know, dismissed that because I, I think we realize with Kareem Hunt, it's such a question mark. And, um, you know, there's just no guarantees with that deal. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good observation. I, I think the value there is, is quite high. I, and, you know, there might be that likability factor too because I think people like Cleveland. I think they like Nick Chubb as a player. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, for example, not that he doesn't have the production to back it up, and now he's probably going to be clearly the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh if he wasn't already. But, you know, Juju, people love Juju. And I think that inflates his value, just that people like him. They like his Twitter account. They like to follow him. So they want to have him because he's a likable guy. So um, anyway, guys, any, any final thoughts? We're going to wrap it up. You know, this is uh, Fancy Joe's Uncut, Uncensored. We have gone three weeks in a row, all, all of us being ill. First it was Trey with the flu. Or was it Will? No, was it you first? I don't even remember. No, Will, Will was sick first with... Yeah, basically dead. Yeah. You just then, had a great episode then. Then Trey had the flu, and I am recovering from this this wicked sinus infection that is the worst I've ever had in my life. So, uh, and I'm just super tired. So we're going we're gonna, to, you know, call the night sort of early. But guys, any final thoughts before we go? We've kind of been all over the place. We've talked rookies. We've talked veterans. We've talked elite you know, players. We've talked last year's rookies that might be overvalued, undervalued. We've we've talked about a lot of things. We will have thrown out some sketchy statistics that we can't trust for our listeners. So anything else we want to throw out? Will you got any other stats that you can either uh completely confirm yeah. or, or or deny necessarily? Greenwood well, Analytics. Greenwood Analytics. Uh if Nick Chubb is targeted more by Jarvis Landry in twenty nineteen, he's my number one running back. So here we go. Here we go. If Jarvis Landry converts to quarterback, I'll let Terrell Pryor from quarterback to wide receiver for the Browns. Get ready for Nick Chubb to have like 50 targets and his average open target being like 50 yards. Um, the, the, the other part would be, uh, this is an actual, an actual like, a tip, is the, the NFL is changing and draft classes are changing. And when we look at all these, you have so, like the amount of information that is at our fingertips now is exponentially larger than it was two or three years ago. I feel like we're in the, in the dynasty age of the boom of the internet almost. You have so many things you can, you can look at when you're looking at rookie picks, you're looking at your players, you're trying to make your team. Uh, everything is available. And just make sure that you keep everything in mind, you keep everything in its scope. 
So when it, people talk about draft capital and where they're going and how they're succeeding, if you're really interested in that, you're really going to bank your entire dynasty roster on that, look at those draft classes and when those people were taken and how those draft classes rolled out. So if you had six QBs taken in the first round or five QBs taken in the first round, that affects how the rest of the wide receivers went down that draft class. And we're going to see it this year, and we're going to see some position players maybe get bumped up. And I don't want to overrate their draft capital because of the class and how it's going. There's a lot of really good defensive players coming out, uh, but we don't know what's going to shake out. Long story short is uh, each draft class is different, and I don't want to overrate where somebody's going draft capital-wise uh, in two, two, three years from now. Trey, final thoughts or thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, That's just my final one, ramble. one one quick thought: the 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 yin to Nick Chubb's kind of at too high ADP. Yang is uh, on Johnson, who's currently going you know thirty second overall. I, I think that huge huge things are in store for on Johnson, and and you know for the same reason that I'm kind of down a little bit on Chubb and Michelle. I think he's a three down back. I think he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game in an offense that I think is going to rebound. I look forward to, to the Lions spending some draft capital and some money in free agency on their offensive line. And I, uh, I think on Johnson's the guy I want to add as many shares this offseason as I can because I expect him to, to skyrocket in value this year. So go get some KJ. Interesting. on Johnson. Uh, it, it, it is interesting where his value is. You know, I, I worry about on Johnson, whether he can – is durable enough to play in the league and how proficient that Detroit Lions offense can be. But one thing about Karrion Johnson, he certainly has the ability to be a bell cow back. He's definitely going to get targets in addition to carries. So interesting call there, Trey Barrett. Um, that's it for the show, guys. I don't have any hot takes other than if you, for some other reason, still own Philip Lindsay, where his ADP is 41, try to sell him now before it's too late. My goodness gracious. I think people are getting wise to that, though. So your window is starting to close if it hasn't already. Anyway, we're the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. And check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are the Fantasy Joes. Um, um.